Welcome back. This video will be part two of the sign of Jonah. I want to show you some things I didn't get to show you last time. And I'll start off by showing you two pictures that are created in the heavens. And they blew my mind. The fact that they're actually there. And it pertains to the sign of Jonah. Amazing. Stick around and check this out. The last one was, I mentioned how the Revelation 12 sign was connected to the sign of Jonah. There was some indicators there. I'm going to reveal that today, and I leave that best for last. But I think it's pretty amazing. So stick around. We'll get started by looking at these pictures. So here we have this yellow line I drew through the heavens. It starts here in the Virgin on the Revelation 12 sign, September 23rd, 2017. So I track this line through the heavens, and it's the path of Jupiter. And if you follow it, it ends up here on the sign of Jonah, where all the luminaries are above the whale. And this eclipse happens in the sign of the fish. So Jupiter is here on April 8th, 2024. So the next picture I'll show you. So this one here I added, the red line is the dragon, Ponsbrook Comet, the devil comet, starting here at the head in between the serpents, head of Ophetius, circles around as the three sixes, and ends up over here, goes through the lamb. So I extended the line here uh, before on the, on the devil comet, the dragon, Ponsbrook's. So I went back in time and extended it until they make a conjunction, the lines here. And this was about back in 1959. Uh, so I extended that. And I also extended it past where they makes an X on, on both of them here. Because as you can see, it's starting to form what I what I see uh, looks like a fish. So this picture here, all I did was just clean up this yellow line and make this red line yellow. And what we're left with looks like a big fish from the tip here to the tail. And all it is is the Dragon Comet, Ponds Brook, Comet going through, it's a 71 year periodical comet, and this here is Jupiter going through this part. The Ponsbrook Comet, called it the dragon because of the way it uh, kind of stalked Jupiter all the way through and chased it down, just like Revelation chapter 12. Well, if you follow this Ponsbrook Comet, it always comes back up through and tears the scorpion and it inches its way up between the two pieces of the serpents, the head of the serpents and the tail of the serpents, and it inches its way up through the decades until it gets back up here, and then it comes diving again. Uh, the last time it came near Earth was in 1953. It dove down here through the sea goat, and it split the sea goat uh, between the Earth and the sea here, and actually, at that time, Saturn was here. So Saturn was actually in this constellation as well, if you've seen my last video about the rise of Antichrist, you would have learned a little bit about Saturn and this constellation, the seagoat, and the connection it made. Matter of fact, 1953, the computers switched over from using vacuum tubes to no longer using vacuum tubes. And at the same time, IBM was created, that company, and it uh, started selling computers. And this time through, coming through Earth, we have the rise of AI which is very interesting. So anyway, here we have it here from tip to tail. We have Jupiter going through and the dragon comet going through. 
and they make what looks like a big fish for the sign of Jonah. So there you have it. The big fish is painted with the uh, man-child, Jesus, Jupiter coming down, and then you have the dragon coming down. It took a long time coming, especially the uh, the dragon, the devil comet coming down. That took a little while, but all the pieces of the puzzle are there, and I just wanted to show you. I When I seen it, I was like, I don't think that's an accident, seeing that it's the sign of Jonah, and all things seem to be converging in that way. And God makes a picture with the trails of where they were. So all glory to God. So that being shown, uh, I want to show you the next picture in the heavens, which is pretty amazing too. So we'll we'll show you that now. So here we have a, an illustration of the heavens. This is focused on the ecliptic, where the 12 main constellations are. And there's about 48 little um, constellations in this illustration. I have it flipped upside down. It's normally um, the other way around, but I want the, uh, the whale to be here because I want to talk about the whale being um, all these signs converging on the sign of Jonah. So I wanted the whale down here. So that's why I put it there like that. Just flipped it around. So just quickly walk you through the constellations right here. We have the Virgin, and then we have the scales. These This scale looks a little bit different than um, Stellarium. The reason why I'm showing you this picture and not Stellarium is because on Stellarium, I can't zoom out this far to see this in perfect um, circular fashion. So I want to show you how to use this picture to show you the heavens. So anyway, the, the, the scales look a little bit different. Um, the stars are the same. It's just the picture is a little bit different. They have bowls here. The bowls are to you know put stuff in, and then you have the yoke to balance things out on the balances of the scales. Up here we have the scorpion. Over here we have the rider on a horse. Next to it we have the sea goat, and then the water bearer. Next is the fish, and then the ram and below the fish and the ram we have the big whale next to the ram we have the bull and then up here we have the twins and then the crab or the eagle and then we have the lion so that's all the constellations right here now when i was studying this um, sign of jonah and just looking at it from different aspects I started to, I actually wanted to see where like everything was placed in conjunction in like in relation to the big whale. And when I was looking at the seals, it hit me and this was very profound and uh, I'll walk you through it. So seals one, two, three, and four, they're right here. All four horses, the white horse the red horse, the black horse, and then the pale green horse, all four seals, the signs of them, occurred right here in the rider on a horse. So the fifth seal was a blood moon right in the middle of the scales, or you can also call it the altar, you know, where the price is paid. So right here was a blood moon. And then seal six 
was also a blood moon in and right below the the ram or the male lamb and then seal seven was over here and this was the giant earthquake in turkey february 6 2023 so when i seen these spots in the heavens and then i realized what's going on here this just blew me away i thought no way <laughs> it's like the whole time the whole time that we were watching these seals go on and they were painting this picture like all converging on the sign of jonah and then to have this as well and i'll just show you because i'm just like no way so you connect the dots in the rider and the horse you have a spot and then in the fifth seal and then the sixth seal and then the seventh seal well if you connect seals one to four with the seventh seal straight across and then you connect the the two blood moons together seal five and seal six you have the cross of christ in perfect mathematical it's just perfect it just and the foot of it the foot of the cross being right here at the sign of jonah and then yeah also we had that fish right the fish and the cross both of them are very symbolic you know the sign of jonah was a foreshadowing of christ on the cross being three days in the earth and then he resurrection you know defeating death conquering hell dying for our sins on the cross and the two together it's just like right here the whole time and did not see this and when i seen it i thought just it blew me away like the odds of all this happening with the the seals in the proper order and sequence the white the red the black and then the green and then seal five and how it was given the white robes on the with the the ones that were, you know, the martyrs that were bloodied martyrs under the under the altar, and then they're given the white robes after it was blood, and then under here how the scroll and then and they covered up the heaven, and then how the blood moon rolled off. And if you want to see these videos, they're all in the description of this video. You can watch all these seals, and it, these are just amazing. How all the mathematical odds of all this happening just just beyond astounding it really is it's just all glory to god like only god could do something like this like it just oh i don't have the words to express how i feel i just don't just so amazing anyway i'll show you what it looks like in the stellarium so here's what the stellarium looked like you can see it there it just looks a bit a little bit um stretched out and along along the edges the constellations don't um, they kind of like they're uneven like some constellations look massive where they're really not that doesn't kind of gets fisheye lensed and it's kind of stretched out and warped a bit so i had to find a picture that i could show you this on i found this picture i wanted to show it to you and yeah so here it is here the cross of christ with the foot of the cross being right here in the mix with this april 8 2024 eclipse with the convergence of the sign of jonah jupiter the man child jesus we followed it from the virgin all the way down right here and then you had the uh the dragon the devil comet coming down chasing down 
man-child Jesus at this converging moment of this third eclipse. We had an eclipse on the first, uh, the third seal, then we had an eclipse on the third trumpet, and then this is the third thunder. And right here, all this happening, this convergence on this day. Just absolutely amazing. Glory to God. So let's go and we'll talk about this. Oh, there you have it right there. Cross of Christ in the heavens. Amazing. Glory to God. I would never, ever have thought about looking there until seeing this sign of Jonah converging. And it just like, just felt led to go have a look at everything. And then when I seen the plot placements and how it just seemed to be perfect and connect the dots the most beautiful part that i think is the the cross of christ being right at the foot of the sign of jonah just to seal the deal that this is not done by an accident right and and, and the fish the, the picture before that the fish the cross the two symbols you know the two symbols <laughs> that that represent the sign of jonah and yeah it just Oh boy, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm just beside myself when I think about these things. I'm just in a state of awe. That's all I can say. So anyway, that was part one, the fish, and the part two, the cross. Uh, this last part three here, I like it a lot. I hope you like it too. I think it's really interesting how everything just kind of connects. So I want to go in and show you that next. It's about how the Revelation 12 sign is connected to the sign of Jonah. So we'll go and look at that now. So right here we have Stellarium open. And I just want to give a quick lesson about magnitude. Um, for those who already know about magnitude, please bear with me. I'll be about two minutes. Uh, just want to show people who don't understand magnitude. So right here, the magnitude of Mercury is negative 0.22. And as a star gets brighter, the magnitude drops. For instance, I'll show you the sun. The sun is a negative 26.77, much brighter than the mercury at a negative 0.22. If you take a look here at Saturn, we have a positive 0.97. So that is the first part of the lesson about magnitudes. Next part I want to say is with the naked eye, the average a person can see a star the maximum is a positive 4.5. Once it gets larger than that, like into the 5.0, most people can't see those. And as it gets, the number gets lower into the 4.0, people can see it easier. And when it gets into like 1.0, much easier. And these wandering stars, which wandering stars are called planets. Planet gets the name from the term the Latin term planeta or planetae, which literally means wanderer. So we're going to click on Mercury. We're going to back up in time because I want to show you that each of these wandering stars, the magnitude is variable. And some planets, the magnitude of the star, it is more volatile. It will go up and down more quickly and more drastically. So as we see now, Mercury went from a negative 0.22. Now it's at a positive 0.21. And if we click on the Saturn after going back a few days, it got a couple of notches brighter, not much. So 
the reason why I'm showing you this is I want to show you that magnitude fluctuates as the stars roam through the heavens. So some stars will be at some times brighter than others, and at other times they'll be dimmer than their counterparts, okay? So I wanted to show you this chart. It's a magnitude chart of the wandering stars, the planets, the wandering stars. So what we have here, this is tracked over a period of about 50 years, and it's it's about magnitude. So as you can see, Venus up here is always the brightest out of the wandering stars. Nobody ever gets brighter than Venus. Down here next, we have Jupiter, this blue line. And as you can see, it is always number two, except for very short periodic circumstances when Mercury can actually outshine Jupiter for a short period of time. Next, we have Mercury, arguably Mars, battling for the third spot at some points in time. Sometimes Mercury will be brighter because Mars floats in down here. And sometimes Mars is brighter because Mercury can lower its magnitude down here. Saturn is more consistent. Um, sometimes Saturn can actually be brighter than both Mercury and Mars. And it can be number three, right? So this is the chart here anyway. So th these stars are variable and they jockey in position for brightness. Uh, Uranus, Neptune are usually, well, they're always down here. Uh, Neptune is the seventh brightest and Uranus is always the sixth. But uh, Mars, Saturn, Mercury, and Jupiter, they can all jockey for position for brightest magnitude. So I wanted to show you this chart just to show you that they can always, they're variable, they can always change because this becomes very important, especially when you're doing statistics and odds about um, certain alignments. And if these certain alignments can't always happen identical, but then they appear a couple of times, we know that the odds of that is extraordinary, right? And that's why I wanted to show you this because it's, what I'm about to show you is pretty amazing. So we'll go back and talk about this. So I wanted to show you the short lesson on magnitude because I needed to show you this in order so it made sense when I show you the Revelation 12 sign because what we're actually looking at is order and magnitude because it's, uh, it plays an integral part of what I need to show you. So I showed you the chart too to show you that um, they don't always stay in the same order of brightness, right? Except Venus. Venus is always number one. But the other ones, they can change, right? Except for Uranus and Neptune, they always, they're in the same order. So that being said, um, the other ones change, right? Um, from Jupiter, Mercury, Mars, and Saturn. They can change in order of magnitude in, within the heavens. So that's important part, because what I'm going to show you here, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to look at a picture with you and show you something rather extraordinary. So let's go and do that. So here we have the Revelation 12 sign. I just wanted to show you the layout. And then I'm going to bring up the luminaries because that's what we're going to look at in this constellation, this alignment. Okay, so we have magnitudes here and they're in order from brightest to darkest. And we only need the top five for what I'm about to show you. Uh, Mercury has two numbers because it's so 
volatile and, and a variable in in brightness magnitude that uh, from midnight to midnight so basically one minute after midnight when it turned the 23rd it was a one negative 1 1.08 and by the next midnight just before like one minute before the 24th it changed to a negative 1.11 cuz i wanted i was very detailed i wanted to to know um all the variables all the changes that took place because i wanted to make sure this fit the entire day and it does so we have hebrew reads right to left so when you plot these numbers in over here you have venus number one mars five and mercury three so you have the one five three the connection back to the last book of john chapter 21 at the 153 fish we have the one five three connection right here and i'm going to read that because there is when you start reading this and you, things just start to leap off the page at all this the connection here and it's just really amazing that the layers of scripture because they're they have the original meaning of the scriptures and then i believe god can do things in so many layers and i believe he did this and i think when you read these scriptures when you start to see these connectors yeah so i'm going to read that but before i do i also want to take you and show you um, the Revelation 10 sign. Okay, so we'll do that now. So here we have the Revelation 10 sign. The alignment looks very similar to the Revelation 12 sign. I made a video about this called the Rise of the Antichrist. I'll leave the link in the descriptions. You can click on that and have a look at it if you haven't seen it. For those of you that have, we know what you're talking. We're not talking about here. So I just want to pull up the magnitudes now. And the magnitudes are a little bit different than the Revelation 12 sign. However, the order of magnitude remains the same. Now you notice Jupiter has uh, in the the morning, like one minute after midnight on this, for the uh, to make it the six, it was a negative 2.19, and throughout the day it got one magnitude dimmer by the time it reached one minute before midnight of the next day. Same with Mercury, it changed three points went from a negative 0 0.33 to a negative 0 0.36 but they stay the same venus is the top brightest one next one is mar uh mar sorry yeah venus is number one mars is five mercury is three so you have the one five three 153 which links to the 153 fish that was caught in the last chapter of john so I want to go now and read that. So I have here open the King James Pure Bible Search. And I want to type in Jonah. Now the first time I type it in using no S because it comes up once without the S in it. And that's in John chapter 1 verse 42. So I'm going to type it in the other way that it's found in the New Testament. And it comes up 12 times with the S, only once without the S. And it comes up in Matthew five times. Um, there is talking about the sign of Jonah. And then in Luke, the same thing, talking about the sign of Jonah. And I'll actually, um, I'll read it. Okay, so the, the first part, Matthew. 
Uh, but he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Then it skips like four chapters, and it's mentioned again in chapter 16, verse 4. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. Now in Luke, it's very similar. Have here, and when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say, This is an evil generation. They seek after a sign, and there shall no sign be given it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For as Jonah was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. So the rest here is a little bit different, and that's what I want to talk about, because it's not talking about the sign of Jonah, or Jesus in the heart of the earth for three days, but his resurrection. It's not talking about that. It's putting the word Jonah right on Peter. And the first time is when Andrew brings uh, Peter to meet Jesus for the first time. And it says, And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, son of Jonah. This is without the S. Thou shalt be called Cephas. So this one is, is a little bit different, right? Jesus talks, puts the Jonah on him. Four times, but the first time is without the S. The last three times is with the S. So I want to go back out and we'll talk about this. So I wanted to talk a little bit about some details that I noticed about Jonah and uh, kind of like the two times, the two different types of mentions of Jonah. We have the, the types mentioned in Matthew and Luke. It's not mentioned in Mark ever. Jonah is not mentioned in it ever. So Matthew and Luke talking about the sign of Jonah being the only sign given and being compared to, to Jesus Christ with his death and resurrection. Just like three days in the whale, three days in the heart of the earth, both coming up, both out, and this being the only sign that's given. Well, in the book of John, it doesn't touch on that at all. It, it just puts the name Jonah on Peter, which I find interesting, right? And I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to read this again in a bit. I'm going to read the whole thing, the, the chapter, because it, it's all there. And it, to me, it makes sense when I read it. I'm like, just, just as a golden nugget, it's layers here. I know there's, there's so much to unpack and, and different layers, but one of those layers, I really truly believe that one of those layers was for whoever was to find these signs because i think there's some hidden like clues and indicators that it just kind of it meshes very well almost like a a good marriage <laughs> so to speak so now i want to talk about that and and one of the the subtle indicators was that this different one different than the Matthew and the Luke was in the book of John and the book of John 
the author is the same John that wrote Revelation. Okay, so that we have this end times connection there for, for that. And that, that was the, the first thing that, that stuck out. And the next one was, besides the time that Jesus called Peter, son of Jonah, with an S, without the S. So there's three other times that he says it with an S, all in the one chapter at the end. And that three really, it, it gets me. And I know, and I know the other meanings, and we'll talk about that later, another time, maybe this video, I'm not sure, but about the, the reason why Jesus said it three times. But I'm telling you, there's a, there's another, I believe this, you can use this as another layer here with this too, with these three eclipses, right? And the, uh, matching up with three days of darkness, uh, three days of darkness being in, in a fish. I'm pretty sure it's going to be dark in a fish. <laughs> and in the heart of the earth, right? Jesus probably going to be pretty dark in there. He's resurrected three days later. So I see this three. So I think this is a good time for us to go in now and read this because this is the only time in the Bible that 153 fish are caught, right? And we have the 153 in the Revelation sign. So let's go in and we'll read that together and then we'll come back and talk about it. So I'm going to read John chapter 21 down to verse 17. And after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on the wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have you any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fish's coat unto him, for he was naked, and he did cast himself into the sea. I can't believe how much that reminds me of Jonah right there. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, an hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine, and none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh, and taketh bread, 
and giveth them, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus shewed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, thou lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. So let's go and talk about this. So this piece of scripture, uh, verses 1 to 17, is, the way I see it is, it's done in, it's done in different layers. The main layer takeaway that I see from this would be the reinstatement of Peter. Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? And Peter replies three times, yes. Right? That's the main layer. That's the main teaching, usually on this passage. The second teaching is sometimes about the Greek words about love. And Jesus uses agape, which is unconditional love. And he says to Peter, do you agape me? You know, unconditionally. Peter replies with filio. But filio is friendship love. So the second time Jesus said again, do you agape me? And Peter says, you, you know I do. I, I, you know that I filio you. You know, that's the second reply. So the third reply, Jesus says, well, do you filio me? And then Peter says he's grieved. So he must have been like emotionally, like visually affected by that, him changing the agape being asked agape twice to being asked do you at least filio me right and he says you lord you know all things you know that i filio you and that's the third reinstatement after he denied christ three times but peter's right he does know all things and but that's not the layer that i want to show you today you know our, our lord god is infinite and i believe he could just keep making uh layer upon layer if he wants to right and because he could do all things because it's for his glory he just can and what i wanted to show you today was how this this scene here ties in with the the sign the revelation 12 sign and how this is connected to the sign of jonah and that's what i want to do and it's found here in this passage and this passage is only found in this book it's not in the other gospels it's only found right here the last chapter of john and john wrote the book of revelation and the book of revelation is the last book of the bible and this is the last chapter of john so i know that's a small connection but it's a connection nonetheless but the big connection is this the miracle that happened just before the reinstatement the miracle of the 153 fish jesus on his on shore and he yells out to the the disciples they don't know it's him yet but he says you know have you caught anything and then he say no you know, try the other side of the boat. And so they did. And then there were so many that they couldn't pull it in the boat. They had to drag it to shore, you know. And then there's how many fish? Is it one, five, three? And then you have in the heavens, the Revelation 12 sign, 
the 153 with Venus being the highest magnitude, Mars being the fifth magnitude, and Mercury being the third. So you had the 153. So there's a connection there. Well, the 153 is also uh, it's a special number because you can make an equal lateral triangle out of circles or, or dots. And if you start with a base layer of 17, then you go 16, 15, 14, 13, and all the way to 1, you make an equilateral triangle. And if you add up all those dots or circles, you will come to 153. And that's with a base layer of 17. If you use a base layer of 17, you actually had an equilateral triangle. So you're going to have 17, 17, or 17. So three 17s. And this Revelation 12 sign happened to happen on the year 2017. So that too is to me is a bit of a connection but there's more and that's what i want to show you here because when i think of the sign of jonah i think of the main one of the main numbers that i see is the number three you know the number three comes up so you have here jesus sitting on the shore right like Peter jumps into the sea, he says, cast in the sea. Jonah was told the people on the, on the boat, cast him in the sea. So they cast Jonah in the sea. Peter cast himself in the sea. So I see a connection there with Jonah, right? And Jesus is on the shore, and that's where they drag the fish. Jonah was spit out on the shore, and this is, this is a scene here. Jesus says, the Bible says this is the third time that Jesus appears to the disciples after his resurrection. And his resurrection was the sign of Jonah that he kept telling people, you're not going to get a sign except the sign of Jonah. So his resurrection is the sign of Jonah. And this is the third time he's appearing to his disciples after the sign of Jonah. So he, you have this three here, which is connected to the sign of Jonah, right? Three days in the belly of the whale. Three days of heart of the earth, Jesus comes out. And uh, so it's a fitting scene that this is all happening on his third visit to his disciples, right? And not only that, but Jesus says to Peter three times, son of Jonah, son of Jonah, Jonah, basically calling him, you know, you're, you're Jonah here, <laughs> you know, you're and three times. So I see another three and Jonah being mentioned. So it's like, wow, you know, I can't unsee this. And the only other time that Peter's ever called Jonah was when Andrew introduced Peter to Jesus when they first met. That was the only other time he says, calls him Jonah then too, right? Son of Jonah. And when did that happen? Well, that happened three years prior. So you have another three, right? So it's like there's some threes here. And that's the main number when I see the sign of Jonah is about the three. So I, I can't unsee those things, <laughs> right? And when, so when I see all this and, I, and I'm thinking about it, I thought, what is this passage doing here? And, and it's like, you know, because I've read it many times. But when I see in this, I'm like, man, are you like, it's like, are you kidding me? It's like, is this hidden here the whole time? Like, and just waiting to be to be found and that's the way i feel when i see it and i can't unsee this so i just yeah <laughs> so, so i just uh you know there there it is and i think that's uh the only the only pieces i have yeah if you if you guys see any other connections uh to the sign of jonah that, that i may have overlooked i would love to hear about it because 
you know, Peter says, you know all things. And I just can't help but think Jesus being on the shore at this moment, knowing, knowing it's his third time from his resurrection, the third time he's appearing to his disciples after his doing his sign of Jonah as a sign to the people of this generation. And he does this at here on the shore, right? And it's like the symbolisms here, just to me, they just leap off the page. That's the way I see it. Can't unsee it. So anyway, we've had, showed you two pictures. We had the fish that was created in the heavens, glory to God. And then the cross that was painted in the heavens with the seals, glory to God. And then we have this too. It is amazing. All glory to our Father in heaven. And uh, yeah, I just see, I know Jesus can be very serious, but I also see this sort of like playful side of Jesus when he speaks in parables and riddles. And then when these things happen, you just imagine what people were thinking when they were connecting all these things Jesus said in the, in the past. It says, you know, tear this temple down and three days later, I'll build it again. People are probably just like, what is he talking about? You know, I'm not, you're not getting a sign except the sign of Jonah. <laughs> and because I would be like, what's, what's, what's that mean? You know, I like riddles. I like puzzles. I like trying to figure that. So I'd be like, you know, well, we have to wait. We have to be patient, wait and see. So, and when it happens, it's like, oh, oh, wow. Oh, that's, wow. That's amazing. Right. That's just awesome. It's awe-inspiring. And that's the way I feel when he, seeing all these signs and then finding out they're all connected to the sign of Jonah. It's just so awe-inspiring. It just, it just gives me the joy of the Lord, right? Knowing that he can do all things. Because like, these things, to me, it's impossible. Like, with my mind, these things are impossible to do mathematically. But God did them, you know? No matter what the odds, he made it happen. And glory to God, <laughs> you know, and I just can't but giggle and chuckle because it's like in my mind, I can't rationalize it. It's just like, yeah, just too, it's too many, too big a number here, right? That's the way I see it. I want to thank you for letting me share this with you. I love you all very much. God bless you. Pray for more harvesters and let's make the most of the time we have left. Until the next video.